0: I don't want to uh, leave anything to to question. And so uh, I'm going to give you the title of today's message. If you're taking notes, sometimes we do this halfway through or sneaking it up for you. It's on the screen in big letters Moving Forward. That's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know what you came here for. I don't know what brought you into these doors. But today we're going to talk about moving forward. I want to welcome those of you who are here today, maybe for the very first time, or we haven't had a chance. To meet yet, my name is Will. I'm on the leadership team here uh, at Elevate, and I'm honored that you would spend a portion of your Sunday morning here with us. And and I'm I'm excited personally to, to bring to you some truths from God's word today. Some truths that really, honestly, sometimes the message seems to be all about you. But to be honest with you, this message also is about me as well. It's something that I think God is doing in and through my life as well, and I'm just excited to share that with you here today, And so you're going to hear me things like, say things like we and us, and that's just because I identify with it as well. I'm talking about moving moving forward, and I, I want to stop there because I know some of you walked in this room today that you would consider yourself not a believer in Jesus. That you, maybe you don't even know who Jesus is, you've never believed in who he was, and I want to let you know, and I hope you've already felt this, that you're welcome here. That you are, are welcome into this place, regardless of what you believe in, you can belong here, I hope you felt that. I hope you've noticed that through a smile in the parking lot or maybe you're checking your kids in and somebody just welcomed you here. I hope you felt that presence. And to be honest with you, whatever situation or past or whatever it is that maybe brought you through our doors today, I want to let you know that throughout this entire room and in the lobby and our kids area everywhere, hey, we've got a lot more in common than we don't. So I don't know what you brought in today, but I want to let you know it's a level playing field. That we've got a lot more in common together as a follower of Jesus or not together here. I want to I have a question. Have you, have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever felt like, man, I'm just, I'm on fire for something? And then it just kind of fell off. You just kind of find yourself comfortable. You kind of find yourself in this, this place in the middle where you're not really sure. There was some excitement beforehand that got you to where, maybe where you are, and you're, you're looking forward to what's ahead, but in this moment, you kind of feel stuck. You feel as if, man, I'm just kind of spinning my tires. I really don't know what's actually actually happening here. Maybe there's some pains, some things you're dealing with that's, that's keeping you, you stuck, and you're not really sure what to do. Have you ever felt that way? I have. Actually, a, a few weeks Oh go, I ran in the beast on the bay, 10 miles, 30 obstacles. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you're clapping now. Goodness. And I use run, by the way, for dramatic effect. It was more like a slow crawl on two feet. Uh, but I was running in the race, and it's exciting. It was a good time. We did it with our staff team, and it was just a, it was a good time. We were having fun with it, cracking jokes at each other, and just doing, doing what we do while running 10 miles. But it was about halfway through the race, my my legs started to cramp up. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, not today. Like, we can't do that right now. You can't. Like, come on. And so I don't know if you're an athlete, if you're in the room, you, you know this, maybe or maybe you're not, but you've felt this as well, that sometimes when a muscle cramps up or there's a little bit of a pain somewhere in your life, your body starts to compensate for that pain. And for me, my leg was cramping up, but then it kind of caused my knee because the way I had to run was a little bit different so that there was no pain in my leg that I had to compensate a little bit. Just naturally, you don't think about it, it just happens. But then all of a sudden, I had some knee pain. This is old age stuff here, people, come on. Like, I'm thinking of myself, I'm running in myself into a knee replacement. Like, you and me... 28 years, it's been good, but come on, we're done. Like as soon as we're done with this 10 miles, I'm out. Like you are, you're coming out, ch- ch- done. That's what I was thinking. I was in pain as I was moving forward, but I didn't want to quit. Like my wife was there. I can't quit in front of my wife. It's jacked up. My mom was there. I couldn't do that either. My lead pastor was there. I was like, okay, I got to just keep pressing on. So I knew I wasn't going to quit. I knew I had to just keep moving forward, and I didn't know what it was going to take for me to move forward, but I knew what I had to do. I had to acknowledge the fact that I was in pain. I had to acknowledge that I had something going on that was trying to hold me back, trying to keep me in the middle, making me think, should I just stop here and just be good and think, "Hey, five miles in, I'm all right?" I had to stop and think, should I just go back to maybe where I started? Or should I keep keep moving forward? Have you ever felt that way? Like you're on fire for something. Maybe it's a a new job, and you're like, yeah, I'm so excited. This is awesome. New job. It doesn't really matter what's going on. All the crazy things. You're like, it's my new job. I'm pumped up. But at some point in time, I don't know how long it takes, maybe a month or two months or two years, three years, you kind of sort of what? You flatline a little bit. That excitement, that initial fire to to what's going on, to got you to that moment starts to to die off. I think, as followers of Christ, for those of you in the room, you probably have felt that way too. You give your life to Jesus, maybe you get baptized, and you're on fire, you're reading scripture, you're praying, you're worshiping, but then at some point in time you find yourself stuck. Stuck in this pot of like, is there more? Is there others, something else I should be, be looking for? What's, what's, going, what's going on here? The excitement that I had in the past was incredible, but it's starting to wear off now. I'm looking forward to some things in the future, but for right now, I'm stuck in the middle. I'm stuck where I'm at. How do I keep moving moving forward? As a church family, if you were here over the last four weeks or maybe a, a few of the weeks in there, uh, for those of you who are not new with us here uh, this morning, I know that's, that's many of you, but uh, you were here and we had an incredible series, right? Don't be a jerk face. Like that thing was incredible. Probably my favorite series we've ever done. I feel like I keep saying that every time we have a new series, but it's like my favorite series we've ever done as a church. We, we capped it off last weekend with the, the fence of offense. I mean, come on. That stuff was good. That's some good stuff right there. We finished off with some baptisms last Sunday night. I mean, 57 people gave their life to Christ in the past and went public with their decision last weekend. It was incredible. And and for those of you who aren't new here, I would just encourage you, like, hey, go back. Wherever you listen to podcasts, or maybe you have our app, or you go online, whatever it takes, go back and listen to those messages. Go back and listen to that that series. I think one of the things you're going to quickly find out is that this church is complete? I mean, absolutely blessed with an amazing lead pastor and Pastor Colby Atkins. I mean, that dude is absolutely ridiculous. My goodness, absolutely. Can you give him some praise? He's the best, honestly. And I'm not just saying that, like, he is a world class communicator of God's word, preaching the truth every single weekend and not holding any punches. But one of the things I love about him the most is not the fact that he's a pastor. It's actually, the fact that one of them is that he's one of my best friends. And I get an opportunity to lead and serve, serve alongside of him, and it's an absolute honor. But, but he's taught me so much on how to, to raise a family and how to, to lead a family with honor and integrity and, and how he does that through, through this church. And if you've never met him yet, maybe today's your first time, like I know that when you first hear him or if you go back and listen to those messages, you're gonna quickly find that out. You'll find out the genuineness and the true heart of him that he's not really focused on being a pastor. He's focused on being a child of God. And that's what I love so much about him. My hope today, though, is that we would encourage us to take a step forward, to begin moving forward in our faith. Wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, whatever brought us to this this point that would begin to move forward. I mean, it's so easy we can look back and look at a series like, don't be a jerk face, and be like, man, that was awesome, it was incredible. Those baptisms, it was awesome, and be just riding this high. But then we can find ourselves stuck, not knowing exactly exactly what, what to do. I mean, there are some times, right, like you, you might find yourself like looking forward to things that are to come, right? So maybe it's holiday season for you. Christmas Peach street traffic I mean we're looking forward to some great things here as a church we're coming off of an awesome thing, and don't be a jerk face, an incredible series we're looking forward to what's to come we're looking forward to the faithfulness of god we're looking forward to to our lives and what's what's coming, but for now we're we're kind of stuck we're not maybe sure where where to begin like maybe for you you you, you gave your life to Christ and you started getting yourself free from from addiction and two to three years down the road, you found yourself right back into it. You, you kind of feel like this relationship I was in was, it was a bad one, maybe it was an abusive, I, I don't know. And you got yourself out of that relationship. But maybe six months down the road, 10 months down the road, years, I don't know. You end yourself right back into either the same relationship or one that looks just like it. How do we keep getting stuck? How do we keep going back to the things that were holding us back? Like from the very beginning, we're on fire for something. We're so excited. How can we keep that moving forward? How can we keep that moving forward? My hope today uh, is to encourage us. Encourage us to take that step, to, to, to begin to move forward. I don't know if you feel hopeless tonight or this morning or if you feel stuck. Maybe you've been Coping with some jerk faces over the last few weeks. But hey, the series is over and there's more. Or or maybe during that week you're like, oh, I'm the jerk face. Got it. But the series is over and you find yourself right back a week later being that same person you were before the series started. How can we move ourselves forward? If you have a Bible uh, with you today, I would encourage you to, we're going to look at two uh, different books of the Bible. Uh, the first one is Hebrews chapter twelve. The second one is going to be Galatians chapter five. Uh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, uh, two things: one, it's going to be on the screen behind me, uh, and two, I would encourage you uh, if you want to begin moving forward. Your very first step right now uh, would be—actually, well, not right now, at the end of service—would be to tell one of our team members. We would love to get a Bible in your hands so you can walk away today with something that you can that's going to guide you to begin moving, moving forward. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to give us. Uh, a couple different points for us to know, uh, and then we're going to talk about some things that we can do. Uh, the very first thing, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 1. This is going to sort of be our roadmap today. We're going to start here. We're going to find ourselves back here looking at the map again as we move move forward, uh, but I think it gives us the full full picture. And so Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, or sorry, yeah, verse 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great, by such a great cloud of witnesses, therefore, meaning, hey, what was the therefore, therefore, the therefore, it was there because in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about all these different people, these great uh, heroes of our faith that was describing. And so it's saying that people like Moses and, and people like uh, Deborah and, and David, all these people that it was teaching us about it's saying, hey, therefore, because of them, you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, meaning, hey, there's some people who have gone before you. There's some people that have gone before you that are here for you. The very first thing you need to know this morning is that you have a cheering section. You have a cheering section. There's somebody, when there's somebody that's cheering you on for whatever it is that you're doing, it changes something in your soul. It changes something in your body to like, for some reason, I don't know why I'm moving forward, but now I'm moving forward. I don't get it, but I'm just doing it. Why? Because you have a, a cheering section. I want to let you know that this church is your cheering section. Wherever you walked into these doors with, whatever you've come with, whatever you've not come with, whatever it is, we're cheering you on to take your next step, to maybe know who God is, to find freedom, to discover purpose, to make a difference. We are your cheering section. But I also want to let you know, if if you ever look at cheering sections, and you can even visualize it in this room. Hey, there's a lot of people here. Chances are you don't know every single person. Within a big cheering section like this, everyone's coming around, around a common purpose to worship and to be here and to understand from God. We're all coming around cheering on this one purpose, but within the cheering section, we've got small pockets of people. We've got small groups of people that are, are cheering on maybe together. They're cheering on a situation or a circumstance that's going on. Like when you're in a race, like the Beast in the Bay, right? They have these cheering sections that are around. And for some reason, when you're, you're running in a race and you're part of a cheering section, you're clapping for everybody who comes around. It's awesome. But when that one person you know comes running by, what happens? The volume picks up a little bit. You get really excited. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. Come on, Joe. You're killing it. Come on, keep going, keep going. Why? Because you know their name. You know their, their story. You know every single thing that took them to get from where they were to the point right there in front of you as you're cheering them on. It's not that the other people didn't matter, but that was the person you knew. Hey, hear me out. You're you're part of a big cheering section. We're cheering you on. We're cheering each other on. It's awesome. But you need to have a smaller cheering section, a cheering section that knows your name. That's why you hear Pastor Colby, myself, whoever, communicate to you so often like, hey, get connected into a group. Why? Because a group is your cheering section. They know your name. They know your story. They know your family. Like a cheering section does life together. They're there to cheer everybody on, yes, but when you come around, when your friend gets baptized, you get a little bit louder. You have a cheering section here as a church, but you also need to find your your cheering section. When I was running in the the Beast in the Bay, I was saying I was in pain, you know, running loosely, right? I was in pain, and I'm just going through it. I'm thinking, okay, awesome. We're almost done. 29 miles, or not 29 miles, wow. That's, I would never do that, by the way. <laughs> Let's just stop there. Um, 29 obstacles in. 29th obstacle, if you're familiar with the beast, is uh, uh, Waldemar Hill. It's, that's exciting. It uh, got quiet in here. Uh, Waldemar Hill is, is uphill, by the way, not downhill. Downhill? I'm cool with that. I can roll. This is uphill. <laughs> Hill, like I've gone nine and a half miles at this point, and you're putting that thing there? Come on. And so I get through it somehow, some way. I think they dragged me along at some point in time, but we're going. There's people cheering you on. It's awesome. We're having fun with it. And then you get into the wave pool. It's like the perfect storm. Waves are crashing all over the place. The water's freezing cold. But you get through, and you climb up that ladder at the very top, and you're looking down the water. You're looking at the people. You're helping everyone. We're getting our team set up and ready to go to kind of keep moving forward, and I thought, I finished all 30 obstacles. I basically did 10 miles. I know I got like 100 yards left. I'm pretty much good here. Let's just walk it out, but then I hear the cheering section, right? I hear people cheering at the finish line over like the the building that's there, and so I'm like, okay, I got to keep going. What the heck? I can't walk. I just got to kind of run, yeah, and so I keep just pressing on. I keep, keep moving forward, and I hear the cheering section, and I'm motivated, but then we kind of get around to this certain spot, and then I see my friend Tommy. I see Tommy, and he sees us. He sees our staff team, and he starts going ballistic, right? And now I'm going to show you a quick video. And what I need you to do is a pay attention to the audio, but also check around what's going on in the surroundings of this video. Check it out. I love Tommy. Tommy's awesome. Love you, bro. Hey, for those of you who know Tommy or not, just want to let you know, like, that dude was cheering everybody on. I guarantee it. But when our team came around, when our staff team came around, I guarantee his volume picked up a little bit. Why? Because he knew our name. He knew our story. He knew what was going on. He knew what was there. It was our our small cheering section within the big cheering section. I don't know if you heard what he said. He's like, my man. (laughs) Why? Because that's what Tommy says. But did you see what he did? He grabbed my hands, and he pulled me closer to the finish line. He got me. I was going a lot faster with Tommy there than I was before, (laughs) if you didn't notice that. Hey, a small cheering section. The cheering section that knows your name, that knows your story, that knows what, what got you to where you are is going to grab your hand, and it's going to pull you closer to the finish line. You have a cheering section, but you got to find the cheering section that knows your name. That's why you got to get connected into a group. Somebody's going to grab your hand and say, hey, I got you. Let's go. Let's keep moving forward. I don't want to keep you where you are. You ain't walking. I got you. Come on. Let's grab my hand, and let's Go, you have a cheering section. We're gonna go back to our roadmap here in Hebrews chapter 12 as we look at the second thing that we need to know as we're moving forward. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, again, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us throw off everything Everything that's trying to hold us back, all the things that are so easily entangling us, and whatever it is that's going on in our lives, let's throw it all off and let's run this race with perseverance that's marked out for us. What do you mean? What do I have to throw off? What, what do I need to know? What do you mean if I want to keep moving forward? Hey, yes, you have a cheering section. But if you want to keep moving forward, the, the second thing you need to know is that there's a battle. There's a battle going on for your life. I don't know if you didn't know that or not. It's something that sometimes, hey, we can't see it. We don't even know what's happening. But there is a battle going on. Let's look at it in Galatians. It details this out. uh, Chapter 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. In verse 17, it says, The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. We see the battle right here. It says these two forces are constantly fighting each other. There's a battle going on. A battle from your sinful natures to a battle of being guided by the Spirit. There's a battle going on, and they're constantly fighting. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. In verse 17, we see that there is a battle going on. These two forces are getting after it, constantly fighting. You can, you can feel some tension there. Your sinful desires, the things that you're trying to fill and trying to do yourself, are battling the things that God wants you through his spirit. You can feel the tension in verse 13. If you were to to look back, you would see that it says that we're called to live in freedom. But that we can't use that freedom as a hall pass. You can't use that freedom to satisfy your sinful natures. Meaning, hey, you're free, yes. That doesn't mean you can do whatever it is you want. There's tension there. There's tension in what's going on. That's why we're, we're constantly battling and feeling that we're overwhelmed. Feeling that that we're stuck, like like a waste, like hopeless. But I've got good news. There's, There's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for your life, but I've got options. Tell somebody there's a battle going on. Come on, tell somebody there's a battle going on, but I've got options. Hey, there's a battle going on for my life, but I've got options. You've got an option. You can stay stuck. It's your choice. You can begin moving forward. It's your choice. We look at this in Galatians chapter 5 again as we move forward. What are these two options? In verse 19 it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. When you follow the desire of your sinful nature, when you choose that option, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity. Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these Things. Hey, that's not an exhaustive list. That list keeps going on of things that do the same thing. Following your sinful desires is an option. But you don't have to choose that. says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living by that that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there's no law against these things. Hey, there's a battle going on. But you've got options. You've got an option to stay stuck, to follow those sinful natures, to keep falling back into those lustful pleasures, the the sexual morality, the, the hostility, the jealousy, the outbursts of anger, your selfish ambition, drunkenness, whatever it is. You've got an option to stay there if you want. Or you can choose an option to get unstuck, to follow the Spirit, to follow what God is doing in and through your life. And when you choose that option, you're going to find... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hey, there's a battle going on, but you've got an option. There's a cheering section all around you, but there's also a battle all around you. There's tension there. We need to know that we've got people that are cheering us on, but we also need to know that there's a battle for our, our lives. So if that's what we need to know, then what do we need to do? what do I need to do to keep moving forward? How do I take a step in the direction of moving forward to not follow my sinful desires, but to follow the Spirit? How do I do do this? The very first thing that we we look to is uh, is to have a bold confidence. What we need to do is have a bold confidence. If we want to move forward, we need to have a bold confidence. This is confident, saying that, hey, if I just keep moving forward, if I keep pressing on, I'm going to finish that race. I don't need to go back to the beginning. I'm going to finish this race. I will persevere if you keep moving forward. In Jeremiah 17:7 7, it says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence, making the Lord our hope in our confidence. What kind of confidence is this? To keep it really simple this morning, this is confidence in how great God is. It's not confidence in how great you are. It's confidence how great God is. Confidence in ourselves brings insecurity. Confidence in in ourselves brings a, a fear of failing of never stepping out to seeing what God could do through us. A confidence in ourselves looks to us to fill the void that only Christ can fill. And what happens when we try to fill the void that only Christ can fill? We follow the sinful natures of our desire. We go back into those same things that we looked at in Galatians. We keep trying to fill that void. When we have a confidence in God, what do we do? We look to him. We learn of his, his powerful uh, love, his mercy, his, his patience with us. When we look to confidence in God, that's where we can find strength. Confidence in ourselves sounds like, thanks God, but I've got this. I've got this, God. I don't need you anymore. That's what confidence in yourself looks like. Confidence in God looks like, God, I'm not enough unless you come into this place. Like I'm not enough. I'm gonna humble myself to your spirit to say, I'm not enough. I can't do this without you. That's what a bold confidence in Jesus, a bold confidence in God can look to. And we can see this again as we check back into our, our roadmap in Hebrews chapter 12. It says in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You want to have a bold confidence in someone? You want to have a bold confidence in something? Fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In verse three, it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider, think carefully about him. Be drawn towards him. Who is him Jesus you want to have a bold confidence you need to fix your eyes on him and be drawn towards him so that you don't grow weary and lose heart and some versions of the bible says so that you not be discouraged and give up it's kind of like an energy drink for your soul i love that version I need an energy drink for my soul. How do I do that? I have a bold confidence in God by keeping my eyes focused on him, by considering all the things that he's done to, the oppression from sinners, from you, me, we, from every single one of us. This roadmap that we found in, in Hebrews chapter 12 reminds us that, hey, we have a cheering section. There's a battle going on for our lives, but when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we consider the oppression that he has had, All the stuff that he's done. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We can begin to move forward. We can have this, this bold confidence to keep us moving forward. We need to know that we have a cheering section. We need to know that there's a battle. We need to do something by having a bold confidence. And the second thing we need to do is to bring it to the cross. We need to bring it to the cross. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. Meaning, the, the sinful desires that we looked at, a few verses back in Galatians, those sinful desires, every single one of those... Is looking for Christ or is looking for us to fill the void. But when we look to Christ and we bring it to the cross, we're nailing it to the cross, we're bringing it to Him. I want to let you know that you've got permission to let it go. Like, hey, your depression, you've got permission to let it go. Why? You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay stuck because there's a place where you can put your stuff, and it's at the cross. Your your depression, hey, you've got a place for it. It's at the cross. Your anxiety, there's a place for it. It's at the cross. Your your, your forgiveness, there's a place for it. And it's at the cross. Your your pain that you're feeling is at the cross. You could bring it to the cross. Your, Your addiction to drugs. There's a place for it. Bring it to the cross. Your addiction to pornography, bring it to the cross. To alcohol, there's a place for it. Bring it to the cross. You don't have to stay stuck because there's a place where you can put your stuff. You can bring it to the cross and say, I'm nailing the passions and the desires of my sinful heart to the cross cross. Bring it to the cross. Most of the time, that's all we do. We just bring it there. We bring it there and we say, God, I'm bringing this to you. I'm bringing my depression to you, my anxiety, my health circumstance, whatever it is that the sin that's so easily entangling me, I'm bringing it to you, and we leave it there. And that's great, but that's not enough. Because when you leave it there, it gives you an option to do what? Come back and get it. If we're going to have a bold confidence in God, if we're going to bring it to the cross, we have to, to complete the job, we have to crucify it. We look at this in Galatians chapter five, verse 24. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified it there. I wanna take a step here and say, hey, this is not being crucified with Christ. This is not sharing in his suffering. That's something that he did for us at the cross. That was his action to pay for our sins at the cross. This kind of crucifixion, this is something we have to do. We have to take this action to say, not only am I gonna have a bold confidence in you, God, not only am I gonna bring my situation to you, God, but God, I'm getting rid of it completely. I am killing it. I'm crucifying it at the cross. It's not enough that we just pray a prayer and thank God, cool, I prayed it to you, God. I prayed my situation to you. Hey, that's good. But are you really letting go? Are you really letting go of that, that thing that's so easily entangling to you? Are you saying, God, I'm giving it to you, and God, I'm letting you crucify it for me. Crucify this. I want to get rid of this for me. Don't just pray a prayer about your situation. Pray a prayer to deal with your situation. Get past it, crucify it, have a bold confidence in God. Bring it to the cross and crucify it. Don't leave it there to pick it back up. Would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? God, we thank you so much for this encouragement that we can have, God, through your word. God, we thank you for not forgetting us, for not leaving us here, God, to deal with the stuff ourselves, God, but to be, to be in your presence, to give us a place that we can bring our stuff, God, knowing that there's a battle going on, but knowing that we are completely set free. God, that the battle is already won. God, I pray that we would just accept that, that we would believe in that this morning. God, I pray that those of us in this room, that we would acknowledge the fact that we are stuck that it might look like comfortability. It might look like one of these situations. It might look like something different, God, but we are stuck and we are not enough to take care of this. I need a bold confidence in you, God. So I pray that you would just bring us a bold confidence in this place. God, that you would lift up our spirits, that we would not just have stuff that we would bring it to you, God, but that we would crucify it. We wouldn't just throw off the things that are entangling us, God, but that we would get rid of it completely. Church, in this moment of prayer, would you keep your head bowed, your eyes closed? There are those of you who walked into this room this morning, and all this talk about Jesus, all this talk about the cross and bringing it there, you've come to a, a point in your life where you realize that you've never accepted the love of God who sent his one and only son down for us so that we could be set free, that we could live in freedom. Not for the hall pass, but to follow the spirit, to follow the desires of the spirit. That the place where you found yourself walking in today was a place that was stuck because you never had a bold confidence in God that you never had a place to bring your stuff, that you were trying to deal with it all on your own, but in this moment, you would say, I want to surrender that. I want to bring my stuff to the cross, and I want to begin to crucify, to completely get get rid of it. If that's you this morning, I want to give you some language that you could pray a prayer that enters yourself into the kingdom of God, that enters yourself into heaven, that says, God, I'm not enough unless you come, and this is your first step in obedience to that. If that's you, in just a moment, I ask that you would just raise your hand. Let me know who I'm praying with. I want to give you some language this morning. The Bible tells us that we've confessed with our hearts and believe with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and Savior, that we can be set free, that we begin to use that freedom to not satisfy our sinful nature, but the nature of the Spirit. And so if that's you this morning, you would like to to pray that prayer. Say, Will, when you pray that prayer, count me in. I want to be a part of it. I want to know this, Jesus. Would you just boldly lift your hand in this place? With every head bowed and every eyes closed, praise God for you. God sees you down in the front. God sees you in the back. You can put your hands down. You can whisper this. You can yell it out loud. You can say it to yourself. It does not matter because God knows you. God believes in you. And God hears you. You can say something as simple as, as they say, God, I know that you love me and I know that I have sinned and I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe that you lived this perfect life for me and that you died on the cross for me, that you paid the debt for my sins, that you were risen again to new life so that I don't have to, to pay the price that you've already paid for. Today, Jesus, I confess to you as Lord and Savior, and from this moment forward, I choose to follow you for the rest of the days of my life, and it's in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, can we celebrate with those people this morning?